Matthias, let's just take a second to talk about our Patreon channel. Obviously, a lot of people love the show, and we get a lot of messages from people asking us how to uh, support us and help us grow the podcast. Now, Patreon is obviously, without doubt, the best way to do it. It really helps us grow the show, helps us pay people who help us out, helps us you know, keep shining the job, the, the editor behind the scenes. Um, why do you, want to, do you want to just let people know what they get, some of the perks? Yeah, I mean, we offer so many interesting extra things for Patreons. So we, we have a bonus episode, um, we do Q&As, and we're also looking into other ways of like getting um, our Patreon supporters special access to some of my um, very deep and fantastic knowledge and such things. Yeah, you're wanting to introduce some, uh, not one-on-one, but small small group lectures on specific subjects, which I think would be amazing. Patrons would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. You know, half an hour topic of you just ranting without me interrupting on a subject <laughs> has to be has to be perfect. You know, who's not going to, to love that? Yeah, yeah. Like things, you know, we talk about on the podcast, maybe like we mentioned something about Viking ships or something that has to do with the mythology and, and people want to know more about that. And then we can like dig deep into that for like 30 minutes in a, in, in a short lecture. I think a lot of people would find that very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, let's not forget anybody who signs up to the Patreon at any level is going to get a bonus episode every week. Um, it's either going to be the story time episode that we do with Jonas Lorenzen which you have to agree with is, is one of the funniest times you must have all week. It is brilliant. He does. It is amazing. Good job. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> it is. And then the other, the other episode, we're still undecided hundred percent on what it, it's going to be, but it looks like it's going to be a conversational type episode where me and Mateus just get a little bit more personal about ourselves, but also we're going to get, let people have the chance to ask questions, Q and a, whether it's about the podcast or about us. And um, you're going to be able to put your question to us through Patreon then we're going to have a, a little bonus episode where we explore those and people get a little bit more interactive with those, which I think would be fun for the, for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I feel like I'm seeing with our audience is that they really like to be interactive with us. So we're trying to offer as many opportunities on our platform to do that outside of social media otherwise because that, that can get a little little much sometimes <laughs> yeah there we go i mean honestly if you just jump over to uh patreon forward slash naughty mythology podcast you can have a look at all the different tiers we've got there they start from five dollars up to twenty dollars and you can cancel at any point you can try it out for a month listen to the old episodes listen to the old story time episodes cancel if you don't enjoy it and and there we go. But we were more than sure confident that you'll uh, you'll like what you hear. All right, this is the the Naughty Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, co-owner of the company Hans Vodin. And I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. Today, we are joined by Jeremy and Alex, who are the organizers of the really awesome heavy metal festival, Fire in the Mountains, that takes place in um, Wyoming in, um, well, near the Tetons, the, with a nice, beautiful view to the Tetons, not far from Jackson Hole. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to be here. Skull, I brought my glug. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? 
Glug, yeah, it's my my grandfather's Norwegian recipe that we make around the holiday time. So it's Grandpa, uh, Grandpa Ralph. Grandpa Ralph, fucking right. <laughs> Shout out, Grandpa Ralph. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we <laughs> Jeremy and I used to work together at a restaurant, and one one Christmas we just would get we pretty much got every patron ship based who drank Glug because it was you know it's supposed to be hit. My grandfather's recipe uses Everclear, so it yields a gallon. And half of it is port wine, one quarter of it is water, and one quarter of it is Everclear. But it's extreme. So that is hardcore. <laughs> you don't need much, but I've I've watered it down, so I only use I use mostly Aquavit. Uh, I use Linny this time around. Brennan um, nice. still makes the best, in my opinion. And then I throw like, you know, a, a portion of that Everclear just to keep it clean, just to keep it, you know. I, I still have I even, no idea. I even, I even put on the menu, because I was the bar manager at the time of that place, and I even put on the menu Grandpa Ralph's Glug. People, uh, yeah. people, people had heard of Mule Wine, you know, Mule Wine or whatever, but they didn't Glue realize what Glug yeah. Gluevine, Gluevine, but they were like, yeah. what the hell is Glug, you know? Exactly. And who the hell is, who the hell is Grandpa Ralph? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. There's just uh, the meme of... of um. Scrooge McDuck diving into the, the money coins going through my head right now of how you should market uh, Grandpa Ralph's glug and sell it on the get it, get it out there. I mean, I feel, I, I, I feel like I should go heat up some glug because I got Grandpa Ralph's glug that Alex gave me for uh, on the solstice. That's uh, right. So I, even though I'm under the weather, I'm going to just go heat some up real quick. Oh, probably you should. So the fumes, I'll be right the fumes back. will clear you up, man. Totally, yes. totally, yes. yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like this this episode has started out with an advert for Grandpa Ralph's Glug. <laughs> I think it has. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad we didn't have it uh, <laughs> trademarked and ready to roll out. We sh- yeah, we should have. Um, I still don't know what Glug is. You oh. you, you said all <laughs> yeah. these things, and, Sorry, I, and yeah, I, I got excited. I didn't. I didn't know any of what you said in England. Well, so here we go. So it's um, a traditional Scandinavian mulled wine, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's my grandfather's Norwegian recipe. You don't serve much, you know, you only do a few ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is basically a mulled port wine recipe. Um, so yeah, for, for anyone that would like to make their own, uh, it yields oh, a yeah. gallon. I You're not a good it. businessman, are you? <laughs> don't okay. give the recipe yeah, yeah, yeah. away. Yeah, don't give <laughs> Well, all right. <laughs> this is for the patreon customers you know they're paying so it's <laughs> yeah. um it yields a gallon i don't know what that is in international units sorry you know liters it's about four liters yeah i think okay, so, yeah, yeah matthias can do the translation uh yeah. and then so you do a, one quarter of that so one quart water one quart um supposed to be grain alcohol i use mostly aquavit uh, in this that, case, what's Aquavi? That's what got me before. That's um, Aquavi. Aren't you supposed to be a Viking? <laughs> what am I? What am I missing here? Aquavi is the. It's a Scandinavian spirit. It's like vodka to Scandinavians, but it's made with um, rye. So oh, caraway. Okay. So it has okay. like a a licorice flavor, but oh, it's nice. strong. I mean, it's I like almost a consider vodka. it more of a. I almost consider it more of a gin because right. it's gin is kind of more juniper based where vodka is just a neutral grain spirit. Mm-hmm. This is aquavit is more of 
a gin, but you take out the, the juniper kind of rather than distilling it with juniper, it's still a grain-based spirit that has juniper in it to, as a kind of a flavoring compound. Uh, yeah. This aquavia uses rye or caraway mm-hmm. usually yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of juniper. Right, and so it is. The, I, it is I like. Actually, I like to compare it as a gin more than a more than a vodka because it isn't. It really isn't a neutral grain spirit. Yeah, I, th- I you think know? you're right about that. And and honestly, it is also the reason that I hate caraway, because I because uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this liquor was the first thing I got drunk off when I was yeah. what thirteen or twelve Same. or something right. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, is in it is it its own this, spirit? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you drink it. You drink it at uh, at all kind of festivities in Scandinavia. So usually, usually you drink it when you have the fish dishes before you have the main course, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. at like a Christmas, uh, we have these Christmas lunches that we do. You know, so Scandinavians will start partying Christmas style in the late November and then all the way through because there are these Christmas lunches like with work or with friends or in some other capacity and then you have you always start out with like pickled herring and see you 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 didn't believe me when i was telling you about the pickled herring shots but they they do exist. yeah i remember i listened to that last <laughs> year it was great. pickled herring and then your schnapps or akavit and yeah. um you, you you eat a herring and then you uh, chuck that and you know keep going <laughs> like that for for, for it's, hours <laughs> it's just a scandinavian tequila slammer no kidding. It's, <laughs> it's fucking uh, it's weird God, it's weird um so is it is aquavia is it a spirit in strength or is it um more like a it's like, like a liqueur 45 percent. Oh, okay so it's like a like a gin spirit it's like a vodka gin whiskey yeah it's all, it's the same that's I'm what makes it so great some. Yeah, you got You mix it in with uh, makes the best Bloody Mary you've ever had. Absolutely awesome. Um, and each country has their own recipe. So, like Norway's is different than Sweden's, and that's different from Denmark's, and that's different from Iceland. But well, no, yeah, Matthias, what's the deal? Because Norway's is golden color. Iceland and Swedish are clear, right? And then is Dan- Denmark's gold too or is norway the only gold um so so okay so so the gold you can get one i think in denmark that's that also has the golden color um and i don't know exactly why or how or what it is that makes it a lot of the golden color just to let me interject because uh brennevin and iceland they have golden colored ones and that just means that they actually age it in barrel Mm. um and it it turns it, it creates that um, so they, they have like their baseline one is the clear one. Um, mm. and that's, you know, hasn't been aged. And then they, uh, you know, and I, I have no idea if this is traditional to Iceland or not for them to age it in barrel. Um, it, it very well could not be traditional. Um, but they, you know, they, they want to make that higher, higher tiers of, of yeah. their aquavie by, you know, this better, more expensive one that's it been aged, of a aged in barrel. It? Mm-hmm. They they also they also have one where they actually take rye bread and and bake it in the earth you know because the Iceland has all the geothermal and then they bake it in the earth and then literally create aquavit out of that and that one's really high end whoa kind of ridiculous I haven't had that good. one yet it's it's crazy you've had it oh yeah oh yeah that's a Brennevin one oh yeah can we it's get really that good. for our festival 
there's maybe they're a sponsor. Well, they're a sponsor. Brendan they are a sponsor, sponsor, you know? Oh yeah. 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 Hey, but real quick, let me just finish Grandpa Ralph's recipe before we forget. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start when we finish, right? <laughs> so yeah. it, it's super simple. So you got a gallon, right? Two quarts port wine, one quart water, one quart grain alcohol, aquavit combo mix. And then he calls for two cups of sugar. I'm from New England, so I just put maple syrup in it to eyeball. It's a much better flavor. Um, sugar, two cups of sugar with port wine is so sweet. It's like, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mulling spices. So two cinnamon sticks, nine, nine cloves, nine cardamom pods, and, and then a box of raisins and a quarter of a, or four ounces of uh, skinned almonds. So just skinless almonds. And you bring that all just to a boil. You don't want to boil it because you don't want to waste any alcohol at all. <laughs> so you bring it just to, as if there's not enough, you bring <laughs> it just to a boil and, um, and then you let it sit overnight, you strain it, and then you serve, you heat it up, you know, per serving the next day and three to six raisins and one almond per, you know, per cup, which Jeremy's a sommelier and somehow like he, he gets blown away every year. He's like, man, it just keeps getting better. Hopefully this year is the same, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? You're drinking it now, right? It's delicious. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Great. Oh, wow. You want <laughs> um, big, I think for a future, I think after this episode, Dude, that's way too much episodes, you guys are hammered. Oh, I'm, I'm, it'll be great. It'll make the interview a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. No, I mean, this episode now has to be called um, Grandpa Ralph's Glug. <laughs> there, there's no other name for it, I don't think. <laughs> oh, man. People would be like, huh? What are they talking about? Is this supposed to be about a festival? No, don't worry about it. We'll get there. <laughs> Eventually, first. we'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> I think for I think from now on, though, we just set a precedent for all your episodes. You two are going to have to drink glug for all the episodes, and you'll you'll see there'll be like a post a pre glug kind of how your episodes are, and then like a post you know the post fire in the mountains interview with the you know you guys are just drunk on glug the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do have some for you, Matthias. Daniel, oh, if I can get that out to you, brother, I, I'll send it to you. But. Oh, please do. I will make sure it gets here personally. I'll, I'll figure it out somehow. Awesome. Um, I mean, Glug is... Mateus, where does, you're going to have some sort of story on where that comes from, surely. Because that's such an, a, a, a numb, aggressive sounding kind of name. <laughs> a drink. It's not very... It's quite... It's like grog. It's very, yeah. It's yeah. very piratey and aggressive almost. I, I guess you're right. It, it does sound very piratey. Um, um, so, I mean, in Northern Europe, there are plenty of these um, these types of drinks, right? Um, that you know ultimately have their origin in Germany. Um, like it's uh, if it's just a tradition of, of making warm wine and, you know, spiced wine in, in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you go back to the medieval period, we know that people mix spices in, in, uh, in wine a lot. Um, it was like a common thing, uh, really. Um, it was how you also uh, demonstrated to the rest of the world that you were totally fancy because you could get that cinnamon stick that would come all the way from India. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so that's how it's sort of like become a, you know, the, the funny thing is that the most Northern European uh, Christmas traditions, right, 
they 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 have all like evolved from you know what rich people used to do in uh, all the year round pretty much if they could afford it right um so uh, uh, like the rice pudding that we like to eat for instance is a great example of that too you know back in the day rice was some you know fancy expensive imported grain of some kind so so that's the same with the glug um now, uh, where the word itself comes from is actually quite interesting. Um, and uh, it looks like it comes from uh, Swedish, glugga, um, which means to burn or to mold. So um, it might be a, a, a dialect word. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that's where we get the, the word from. So it, it, it is meant to be served warm, obviously. Jeremy, you yeah. went and warmed up. So it, yeah. I guess it, it just seems to be a more extreme version of a mulled wine. Yes. So that's exactly right. Because it, it has it has a pretty high liquor content in it as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's yeah. Did I not it's, make that clear already? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> you did. No, perfect. Um, yes, yeah, we jump into the festival. Uh, sure. the the reason you're here. Not the I mean the glug is is fascinating, to be honest. And I'm I'm gonna have to go and track some down as well. I, I'm sure that in in northern England you should be able to get it. You know, yeah. right, Dan? No. <laughs> I I'm gonna try find it yeah. and, and try and find some to sell and on my website. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course yeah, I yeah. am. Of course I am. Unless, of course, uh, Brexit has like you know cut the tabs on on the gluck. <laughs> the gluck supplies have gone. <laughs> The Swedes and the and the Germans are like, you can't have a funny wine anymore. <laughs> oh, I'll 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 make my own and call it Grandpa. I can't call it can't copy Ralph, so it's just gonna have to be like something simple. Grandpa Robert, that's pretty British. Grandpa Robert's glug. <laughs> um, all right, so the, the the fire in the mountains. Where where did it start? Do you want to? Tells me a little bit about that. I think it's a good place is anywhere to begin. Yeah. Jeremy? Um, are you, I mean, sorry, but or yeah. even let's let's start with what the festival is, maybe, and then we can go back to um how it began. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, currently what the festival is is, you know, uh well, I mean, it's every year it kind of morphs into something a little, I wouldn't say different, but I guess more encompassing. Um mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, from the beginnings, we had kind of a, a large scale vision of it. And we're just uh, at this point, really trying to uh, get to, you know, achieve that vision. And so that's why I say each year it becomes a bit more encompassing, you know, as far as encompassing what our overall vision is. And mm -hmm. so um, currently, you know, for 2022, um, we're, we're, we're getting there slowly to, to encompass that vision, but it's... Um, you know, it's, we got about, we got 24 bands or so, um, over the course of three days. Um, the first, the first day, um, is, uh, more of an acoustic show, um, a bit of, you know, smaller package, you know, music from six to 10 is kind of more of an introductory, just, you know, kind of welcome to the ranch. It, the festival it's, itself takes place at Heart Six Ranch, which is a, um, a dude ranch, the oldest dude ranch in Teton County, Wyoming. Um, and, um, so it's just kind of like a welcome, welcome here type of event. And then the following two days are 
the plugged in kind of full on version of, uh, you know, longer days of music, um, with, uh, a good, you know, we try and create, curate a, uh, kind of more of a, an eclectic mix of, uh, metal and heavy music. So there are, there are some folk acts and some, you know, we've had, we, we want to include, um, more of that kind of Viking folk genre as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's half and, and half at this point, you know, it's half yeah, metal, it half really is. not metal music. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an the, open air festival yeah. is what it is. And it's not just music. We have art exhibits. We have over a dozen speakers doing workshops from, you know, how to make a flint steel fire, you know, uh, in the back country to Incan shamanism, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty immersive um experience with workshops so from nine to three every day basically until the music starts we have workshops um as well as you know organized or semi-organized adventures get in the mountains go play you know go do the stuff we love doing living there you know go whitewater rafting go rock climbing go horseback riding go fishing whatever wrestle and, a grizzly uh, bear wrestle a fucking wrestle grizzly, a grizzly yeah. bear. <laughs> you're you're in the most densely hopefully populated not, <laughs> yeah hopefully not because it is oh, that, that's why you also teach people how to handle if they were to run into a grizzly bear, right? Which, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. The whole festival takes place on the Dude Ranch, but you're surrounded by Grand Teton National Park and the Bridger Teton Wilderness. Like you are in the most densely populated habitat, grizzly bear habitat in the lower 48. Like that is fact. Mm-hmm. So, like, what we don't want that to dissuade people from coming though, because we're very <laughs> safe with it. You know, yeah, so like, far, it's, no, one, no it's, one's gotten eaten yet. <laughs> No, no, no. I yet. mean, we have yeah. a lot of people. We have a lot of people and a lot of scents, and grizzly bears are, are, you know, really attracted to. They have an amazing sense of smell, and they're really attracted to scents that come out. But the other thing is, is they ultimately also don't really want to be around a few thousand people either. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so it does, all, that that does keep them away. And it's known fact: Yellowstone grizzly bears love heavy metal. So <laughs> true. A good true. I, I think mean, I imagine have to, all grizzly bears do. <laughs> they probably do, don't they? Yeah, I think they, they've got music to, of choice. We can only speak about the Yellowstone ones, though. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to like rewind for a second, because um, I think we're gonna have to explain to Dan what a dude ranch is. You okay? You, when he said it twice, Matthias must have seen me wanting to die into us. Like, ah. <laughs> you know me now. We've been doing this long enough. Um, a dude ranch is essentially, uh, you know, a ranch that has historically and currently have uh, guests on their on their property. So they're they're an operating ranch where they, um, you know, they could either uh, have cattle on it for you know meat purposes, or they also do um, kind of out you know backcountry trips for guests for entertainment with their horses. And, and they a lot of times do too. a lot of times horses yes, and they cattle. raise horses yeah. and a lot of times dude ranches historically actually had a lot of entertainment for guests uh staying there uh including music um and so that's where it is appropriate for us to be you know having this event on a dude ranch because you know we are entertaining the guests you know at on this weekend we have you know a few thousand fire in the mountains guests right you know as part of they're also the guests of heart six ranch and so we're providing music for everyone in entertainment and so it does fit in line kind of with what you know a dude ranch historically has done right we're just so kind of evolving the concept a little bit because the whole idea was to get people into nature right much 
the same basis as our festival. We're trying to get people out of the city yeah. back into nature, you know, in the, the setting that so many of the bands were, were bringing to Fire in the Mountains is, are singing about. Um, this epic landscape, the mountains, you know, these adventures, you know, pushing yourself, you know, the cosmic influences yeah. in the world and, and, and such. And so, you know, do that on a dude ranch just makes sense because it's, you know, so Wyoming. It's like, it's Wyoming as fuck. It's about as Wyoming as you can get, you know, um, on a dude ranch. It's like, yeah, I mean, dude, ran- dude ranches are, are definitely a, uh, you know, an American West thing specifically yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a so. dude ranch to me just the the name dude ranch just sounds so unapologetically american uh, <laughs> no shit. i just i just imagine like a like a bunch of frat bros that's that's the first i was like is it like a just a it seems to be taken up by a bunch of bros who just hang out on a ranch um but apparently not I mean, that's not what it is no that's well, super interesting know. that that's super interesting that that's what it sounds like to your ears where like to our ears who you know live out here and and you know from this area we don't really like dude ranch just sounds like a dude ranch it doesn't sound like anything frat boy right because mm-hmm. that context you know the, the context where we just have different contexts with that word yeah. with the kind of word um like well, symbolism your origin. so that's where dude came from mm-hmm. was that context? i don't know was if that- i'm ever going to be able to look at that were to get the same way again thank you <laughs> you're, you're, welcome. you're welcome um no i mean i i imagine that any heavy metal festival on the planet has a, a very high percentage of people interested in vikings the viking age Nordic mythology it seems something that's that, that goes hand in hand together i imagine you found that with your clientele yeah 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 i think we did and and especially this year, because our headliner is a band named Enslaved from Norway. Mm-hmm. And they are very much entrenched in the Viking Nordic past, uh, the Norse, you know, mythologies, and et cetera. So um, they've actually, Ivar from, from Enslaved has offered to curate, partially curate our festival. So he's directly a part of this year's iteration of Fire in the Mountains and has created a theme called uh, Wings Over Uthgard, and that theme permeates the rest of the festival and what else is happening. So it's naturally going to attract quite a few uh, folks in that specific um, well, theme scene. I think, I also, also think like from a, from a bigger sense, like you were asking one of the initial questions is like, you know, what is fire in the mountains? And um one of the things, one of our visions with Fire in the Mountains is, is really to, uh, to garner a, a sense of, uh, in a way of uh, this kind of getting back to our roots and our tribalism. And, and we all come from different, you know, different, we all come from a different region, a different culture, a different area of the world historically and currently. And, and really we're what it, when it comes down to it, we're all just human beings um, living in the same planet, and a lot of different, you know, uh, ancient, you know, old cultures, indigenous cultures, really had a lot of have a lot of the same um, aspects with them. Whether or not it's you know more of a you know a Viking heritage versus a Native American heritage versus an Incan heritage versus um, you know you know somewhere else as well. Like then we're so when we 
you know, Alex touched on the fact that, okay, we're, you know, bringing in slaves. We like to have a lot of these, you know, we want to continue facilitating bringing a bunch of, you know, Viking folk music because Alex and I are both obsessed with that music. We love the sound of it. Um, but like, you know, we also having can shamans coming and native Americans to do all these workshops and then really getting, okay, these, these people all had very, you know, came from different, totally different areas of the planet, um, historically and currently. And, but they, we all kind of really come from the same basis of teachings from them and what we learn and what we can take from them. And so, um, really, you know, the goal is, is someone can come to the festival on day one on Friday, you know, July 22nd, leave on Monday, July 25th, and have a completely different perspective on the world, which, um, from not only a natural sense, which we want to be, you know, an environmental organization, environmental education organization. Um, and, but also we want people to realize that they're, uh, that they're, you know, their base roots of who they are as humanity, it, we're, we all share the same thing, right? And that's really important, especially I think in today's completely divided world, you can't, you can't, you, like, it's so valuable, right? So, um, so I, that, that has always been one of, you know, one of our big, big concepts with Fire in the Mountains. And we're, you know, we're really trying to each year drive that home a little bit more so yeah no that that's a i think it's a beautiful message because as you say especially in today's climate because it feels at the minute the more everybody pushes for kind of inclusivity the more people seem to become becoming more and more divided as well i i mean you know i'm only 32 but in my short 32 years i've never known or it feel everything just feel divided all over whether it's whether it was brexit it's actually you know from, from a british standpoint it was like it was brexit before that divided everybody and then from that it's rolled into covid and it's yeah. it's just this whole split and if you if you dare to say that you question the vaccine then you're automatically a tinfoil anti-vaxxer and then but if you if you get the vaccine then you're automatically uh, a government shill she and it's like it's, these, it's these, almost as if there's a bunch of douchebags out there constantly putting out these messages so that people will you know jump on them right yeah it's, these, it's just yeah. These, these two sides and then I, I fully think that social media has a lot to answer in the way that they show people their their information um so it's nice to see the, the that trying to bring people back together and actually because it's it, meeting people face to face is when you realize that the, the reality is we're all we're all the same. We're, you know, we all walk the same, the same earth. But when you're talking on social media and you're you're kind of arguing over over Facebook, you don't get that sense of humanity. Whereas face to face, you would never say the things to people. And also, just hanging out with people from from different cultures, you you quickly realize that they're no different to you. But when you're kind of segregating these little groups, you it's easy to go, oh, well, they do this, and it just looks funny or it sounds different. And it's just weird to what I do. But when you actually ingratiate into it and, and do it, you realize that it's all pretty much the same shit. We're all just trying to survive and hustle yeah, mm-hmm. and, and have a good time, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, that's the idea of indigenous wisdom. You know, that's like, it's such a universal term, you know, when indigenous, indigenous wisdom in modern 
context is more like animism, right? So with fire in the mountains, indigenous wisdom is at the heart of it all. Like we are there to pay homage to our ancestors of place and lineage. You know, it's something I pray to every morning. Like I never met the Micmac, you know, Native Americans. I've never been a part of them directly, but I pray to them every morning because they are part of the land that I grew up on, you know, mm. and among many others. And I do that just to say thank you, just on a very basic level. So in many ways, like Fire in the Mountains is our attempt to do to do that on some level and bring people together collectively to shift consciousness just enough to be a little more respectful, a little more in touch with the natural um, and, you know, ancestral cultural world around us. And um, I think that's, that's yeah. an important word, um, just respect, because I feel like that's what so many people are missing. It's that they just lack the respect for people to have different opinions or have different religions, especially I, I see it all the time, particularly in this kind of community, just people bashing Christianity. It's very mm -hmm. popular to, to hit by Christianity. I mean, yeah, Christianity have done a lot of fucked up stuff, but it's not the people who today believe in Christianity. They didn't, they didn't do it. They just believe in what they believe in. Right. And it, you just have to have respect for that's what they, they choose to believe or, or they have been brought up to believe. Um, and it's just respecting each other, which just seems to have disappeared. It's all become kind of shouting at each other and arguing and telling each other that you're wrong all the time. I think, I think so much of that, and we can go down this rabbit hole, so we got to be careful, but like so much of that, I think just has to do with the overall disconnect that people are facing, especially in America, right? Like what's our culture? Like we don't really have one, you know? So people gravitate to things like, you know, Nordic mythology and, and Vikings because it's super mm -hmm. trendy right now and, and more easily obtainable because of TV shows and music, um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, and podcasts. And so, you know, it's, it's this notion that, that like people Such are kind of lost right? and they're circling. Yeah. <laughs> you can come back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but people are yeah people are seeking for that connection and uh and it's a really beautiful thing because i think when i see all that disconnect in the world right now especially right now it has so much to do with people just being lost and not knowing where they can turn for accurate information or connection with yeah. a safe connection, whether it's ethereal or with a brother or a sister, you know, or a family member, you know, like people just want that, man. They want mm -hmm. to feel safe and they want to feel heard and they want to feel honored in some mm -hmm. way. And um, yeah, I, I see like all of this in the world today as I could cry, not cry for help, but like, wow, we don't know where to go. Like, what do we do? Like, it's going to blame you instead of yeah. like looking in the mirror and like just centering yourself and like connecting, touching the earth, putting your I hands think, in the earth. I say again, it's it's almost as if there's like a, a, a conglomerate of douchebags out there who are intentionally <laughs> mis-messaging, right? <laughs> and, you, and I mean- You get your tinfoil hat on. <laughs> no, I mean, this is, look, I, I have like this tendency to read multiple news outlets right so i i go on cnn i go on msnbc i go on fox news and you know it's really really interesting to see the differences in message messaging there it's also really interesting to see how each network is caught up on their own thing 
right? And of course, I also read, um, watch foreign news of various kinds, you know, Scandinavian news, German, you know, some BBC and so on, right? So you get you get a very interesting, very broad perspective from that kind of stuff, and it's uh, it's a it's fascinating to 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 see how um, there's an editorial line that has been chosen um, in each of these news outlets. And this editorial line then governs what, what they focus on. And that is part of uh, confusing the public, right? Because the public uh, then, you know, receives their messages and, and, is, and, 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 and assumes that this is the most important thing that they need to, to care about, right? But it might not actually be all the time, right? You know, if you're somebody who lives in, I don't know, rural Wisconsin, maybe maybe it's not the most important thing to for you to care about um, how many murders there were in Atlanta. Um, you know, maybe it's not the most important thing for you to care about uh, the rise of COVID, COVID in New York or, or or something like that. Maybe there are more more important things for you right there, and it's the same thing for somebody in the UK. Maybe your knowledge, maybe what's happening in the U.S. is not that interesting for somebody in the U.K. You know that doesn't sell, though. That's the no, problem. it doesn't sell. That's <laughs> the thing; it doesn't sell. Par- uh, par- paranoia and panic sells, and that's no, what they yeah, all know. Yeah. And that's that's the main editorial line. And then they found different different things to 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 panic about. If you go to M- MSNBC. They're panic, panicking about the American right wing and the insurrection and that kind of stuff. If you go to Fox News, they're panicking about left wing people and crime, right? Mm-hmm. That that's, it's, that's yeah, and it's all it's all just smoke and mirrors to keep people perpetually confused yep. and disconnected from themselves and from others. Because if you have a unified force, well, fuck, that's how you yeah. change the world, the course mm-hmm. of the world. When we all realize we have the power, mm-hmm. but instead we're bickering among each, amongst each other and so disconnected from ourselves. You know, we don't we don't have that collective power, yeah. and that's and that, what they want because that's the only way they can stay in power. They, as in you know, the corporate elites and the, you mm-hmm. know, the powers that be. Uh, and that's um, that's part of it as well. Is that it becomes so divided that even people on the same side then become so extreme that they begin fighting amongst themselves and have infighting. I mean, the perfect example is, is in the in the Nordic Adamism group, I was watching a, an argument between, well, I don't know if it's an argument, it was like a, but a, a discussion between Runa and, and somebody else. Um, and it went on for like three or four days. I think Runa was only in for it maybe a day, but but the, the guy and another couple of other people were, were talking for it. It was a good few days. I saw another message pop up today. So it was kind of like over the whole festive period period that they're going back and forth and it's like you're all on the same fucking side you're all in this group you all agree on probably 99% of things but you're fighting over something that's insignificant compared to everything else that you believe in you, you your time should be especially over the festive period spend your time with your family yeah. rather than sat bickering <laughs> over something that's just not that important and you were all on this like I say on the same team um, and still like that, this is why this is why I am not on Facebook anymore. <laughs> 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 Getting caught yeah, in that yeah. bullshit. Holy shit! No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, you've been you, there. <laughs> you need to. Uh, people need to just put their phones down and uh, and kind of go outside and see the spend, real world. Spend time with the family, man. That's, <laughs> like, it. That's it. But Alex, I just want to pull back on something you said a couple of minutes ago about um, kind of especially in, in the USA, people having 
that that past and and that kind of culture I, I culture I guess for a better word and and history and and it, it just kind of got me thinking for a minute about how obviously the USA's history as a country is very short and then there is such a big part of that that I guess that is filled with the whole slavery type era which you you is you can't kind of attach yourself to that nowadays in any way um so it's no surprise that so many people look back further than that and then obviously it goes to the looking towards the european side of things um yeah so i i guess i just found that interesting there is no real good history well obviously the good history to the usa but there is such a dark side to it that that's there yeah you know it's funny because uh i had this conversation with uh, our mutual friend jonas like a year ago um and as you know uh that that man can spew some uh intellectual wisdom <laughs> and he's reminding me like hey man like you have a really wonderful history yeah it's short but like think about what you guys have been through think about what you've done like don't shit on that you know things are a mess right now but like that's also part of your experiment as a country you know like so you may not have a cultural identity that is identifiably you know solely american outside of what like hot dogs and like baseball games or something i don't even know what it would be right now uh you do have a rich history so you should honor that you know and mm. it re reminded me that like yeah it was founded on a bunch of serious like rugged individualism you know like growing up in new england jeremy you know all about the green mountain boys and those were you know like basically the minutemen the militia in um in vermont who came and kind of saved the day during the revolution the american revolution and like that's that's an identity you want to get behind they even have like green mountain boys flags and like patches and stuff in vermont because they love that history about their state and they very much uphold it still to this day with their political views and like you know kind of you know passion for it all and like that's really beautiful but when you get, you can't go very far past like when i say culture i'm thinking like grandpa ralph's glug you know like people don't necessarily have that connection to their mm. past heritage and culture to have Christmas Eve's with their Norwegian side of the family or whoever, you know, I want, I want to throw something in here because I would say that, you know, most people in this country, um, apart from those who have, you know, deliberately had their past taken away from them by others, such as, you know, um, a lot of African-Americans um, yeah. who, who, who were brought over here by, uh, by white people as slaves, right? But the, but, but the, the white population has always had the potential of retaining culture, right? They, they have always had that potential. They just didn't necessarily honor it, right? They were more interested in, you know, uh, hot dogs and baseball games. And that's how they forgot money. about it, right? Money's got to be one of them. Money, money, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, so there's, there's, there's that aspect to it. Right. And so that means that, you know, a couple of generations later, all of a sudden people are like, well, what the fuck? I'm, I'm culturally empty because everything that uh, could have been culture for me has been supplanted by capitalism. Yeah. Right. Um, buying and, and selling shit and that's it. Right. Yeah. And that, that does suck. It is a very boring life to live. You know, and that's why people are then, you know, looking back in different ways. But I also want to point something out here, and that is uh, the, the U.S. isn't that that young. You know, it's 
there's like this this myth about this country being young, but there are plenty of European countries that are younger. Um, and there are plenty of European countries that, you know, in, in different ways have been re reconfigured mm -hmm. and, and, and in that sense could also be said to be younger, mm -hmm. like, you know, my country, mm -hmm. you know, go, go but back, I think, go, I think go back to, no, think about it, go back 200 years, right? Um, Denmark and Norway were the same country, right? Mm -hmm. They're not anymore, right? So, so, so. They, yeah, but you're talking like those, are, those are just borders though not not yeah. necessarily people absolutely right? not my friends uh with changes borders right with changes <laughs> of enough. borders come also changes of mentality fair enough right and yeah, and yeah. changes in direction like are we looking to oslo or are we looking to copenhagen are we looking to stockholm are we looking to uh you know helsinki and so on and so on and it's you can go anywhere in Europe and you can see, oh, like you know, fucking Germany was created in the 1870s, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, well, so, I think I think the difference is that it's an influx of new people into, into North America. Um, so that's kind of what makes it, I guess, new in some eyes. But obviously, there were people there was when we say it's a new country, we're only talking about white people in the USA, like. There was people there before. Oh, yeah. It's got oh, a yeah. history pre that, but obviously, as a I guess as a country, um, it is fairly new. I know I understand what you're saying, Matthias, about yeah. kind of like the European countries being made, but there was still kind of the root of people there, and it's just kind of the name of the area that's changed. Whereas the USA seems to be a wholly new, new right. Built when thing. when Denmark when Denmark was was Denmark part of Norway initially. <laughs> we can call it a twin kingdom. We can also call it a, you know, oppressive uh, king in Copenhagen who is being a dick to right. the Norwegians. Like there's a lot of versions of it. Right? So were those borders drawn at the time because actually the people were were very different from each other? Um, or were the borders drawn and then the people became different from each other? Um, a combination. Oh, that that is a very complicated and, and very explosive question. <laughs> I mean, so so. The, the reason that uh, that Denmark and Norway stopped being in a in a kingdom with one another is that the, the Swedes took Norway, <laughs> so the, the the Norwegians originally didn't really have any choices in what they could and could not be right. They that was decided decided mm -hmm. from the outside, either by the king in Denmark or the, uh, the king in Sweden. Um, but but that's you know that that's also a rabbit hole. What I, what, I'm, what I want to point out though is that. Um, it, the U.S. in terms of a country, in terms of a polity of some kind, has um, actually had a, a coherent existence for longer than a lot of European countries. And the idea that, oh, Europe is it's where it came from or something like that. Yeah, sure. Maybe in the beginning for, for these white Americans. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But but there's there's so much more to it, right? And as long, this is what this is my message for the Americans. As long as the Americans are sitting and like a, a hankering towards this region in the east, right? They're not going to figure out what the fuck they are, and they're not going to figure out how to get past um, all of their past, right? People need to start thinking ahead and start thinking backwards, right? And and this is this is where there are some awesome opportunity here for you know creating 
new modern cultures based off of older stuff. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, in a sense that is not, for instance, exclusive to just European, um, because there's a lot more than European here, right? <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and that's really important to, to keep in mind. That's some of the stuff that you guys are doing by, exactly. by synthesizing and bringing in, you know, uh, traditions from from a lot of different peoples and learning from a lot of different peoples well one of the other things we're trying to do is we we've touched on you know alex is like well we you know in america we kind of lack you know this culture or whatever that other people have have more of and then you start talking about you know what okay our capitalist culture of hot dogs and baseball games or something but what what existed before that it was basically cowboys and indians <laughs> you know native americans and and the white people that were settling the West. And, um, you know, so with fire in the mountains, we're trying to have this, uh, you know, this, this, this deep, uh, experience for people that were people where it, 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 it garners a, a sense of place. Right. So we're having this festival on a dude ranch that is, I mean, in Wyoming, it is as cowboy as it gets. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, at the same time, who is who lived you know there were you know multiple indigenous tribes that lived in this area at the time you know pre pre heart six ranch right and so trying to facilitate that and bring that aspect into it as well because that is a big sense of place of where where the festival is right Mm -hmm. and so that is you know really kind of garnering that what are you, that American culture, that, a con, that American continental culture, not mm-hmm. like Americans, you know, the, what, the people that existed here throughout, you know, the discourse of many years, you know, in the past. And this is, this is what it is and what it is now, you know, because Wyoming dude ranches still exist and they're very common and ranches. Wyoming does. One of the reasons I love living in Wyoming is it does have an old way of life, an mm-hmm. older way of life than if you were to live you know, you know, live in Phoenix, Arizona or something, right? Or you mm-hmm. live in New York. Like, like it has this, like, it has this, you know, this, this way of life where you're still somewhat in touch with nature and getting out and being in nature. You, you, to me, I feel more self-sufficient living here than if I, you know, I don't necessarily have to completely rely on, on, um, you know, fully on grocery stores and fully on, you know, this, mm-hmm. this, community this well they're not community but this american uh experiment that could fall apart at any moment you know but you have Um, to when you live in the rocky mountains mm -hmm. because or else you won't you won't be able to survive there no you have to but this is at the same time at the same time you know there is there's just this more of a there's just a bigger connection to nature than living in a city that's all that you know and that is coming from a very biased individual who loves living in the countryside and not necessarily in the city, right? But so, there's also a bigger connection was, to yourself, right? You, as yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Find out like like self reliance, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can um, um, you can get grounded and centered in yourself uh, in a way that yeah. you wouldn't be able to do living in a city. Speaking as somebody who has lived in remote and uh, very central yeah. places uh, over my lifetime, right? There's a reason. There's a reason I've chosen to live farther fuck up in the mountains and, and yeah. not not yeah. in in the metropolitan area down on the plain right totally i mean but yeah. you know matthias you and i have spoken at length just about you know fire in the mountains and the, the sense of place that we're trying to to deliver to people and that experience we're trying to deliver and so that does really 
that is still really, really important to us. And we, we mm-hmm. try and, um, you know, increase that experience every year, every iteration of Fire in the Mountains for people, right? Mm-hmm. And for, for the ticket holders. Um, and I think that's super, super important and totally ties in with this conversation when we're talking about this kind of this either, you know, lack of American culture or maybe we actually do have American culture and here it is, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. I, I think um, I think that's where it is, <laughs> you know. Totally. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah, it's it's a super it's a super cool thing they're doing. Like, I I just wish more people would get back not not necessarily back to nature, but back to just being comfortable, maybe on their own and find themselves and know how to. You don't have to survive off. You don't have to just go out and survive off the land all the time. But I think just knowing how to teaches yourself so many skills um and it's same the kind of thing with like the, the amount of people that eat meat but would never actually kill an animal and i think there's such a a disconnect there um the you know so there's so many people that would that would happily eat meat but they would never be the one that was willing to pull the trigger or or do what has to be done and i, and I think until you you actually do that and really understand where things come from you there's a lot you can learn about yourself you know i recently i recently started hunting and my reason for hunting was because if i stole myself if i was going to continue to eat meat then i needed to hunt <laughs> you know is exactly what you're just saying is that coming from a that, past vegetarian too yeah i was i was born and raised vegetarian i didn't eat meat till i was 28 years old and then ate oh, wow, some, i bet that fucked you up the first time you were it actually didn't it actually <laughs> really? didn't, believe it or not well you used to eat eggs so that helped yeah okay yeah i have a friend who's been a vegetarian for years and he he accidentally had some i think it was bacon or something and his stomach was all over the place yeah Yeah. no it actually it actually didn't hurt me but yeah so i didn't eat meat till i was 28 and then in the last 10 years or so i you know selectively ate you know good meat but you know it was not no meat that i had actually had a you know had a i it didn't come from me it didn't come from my actions it didn't come Mm -hmm. from my hand of actually killing the animal and you know, I started, you know, recently took up hunting because I, I reasoned exactly what you're saying that if I'm going to continue to eat meat, I need to be a part of that actual food chain. I need to be, mm-hmm. you know, I need to be integrally involved in that. And so, and we um, feel the same way with so, fire in the mouth. I, 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 yeah, totally. You know, we do a farm to festival barbecue Saturday and Sunday of the weekend where I grow like 90% of the food. I'm a farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do more oh, consultation now, but mm-hmm. I'm a farmer. And so this summer, yeah, I'll be growing as much food as I can. When I can't, I'll be sourcing locally. And mm-hmm. Jonas and I, Jonas uh, Lorenzen is our esteemed chef and jack of many trades. Probably. He does he does everything. <laughs> he kind of does. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do a lot at the festival this year. Uh, most people won't won't be expecting it. I think it's gonna be pretty, pretty special. Um uh, cool. but we're gonna slaughter a steer. Um, Because part of the theme, you know, to get back to that with Wings Over Utgard, um, as many of your listeners might know, Jonas's uh, chefing realm and experiences generally are based on local and forageable food options where he weaves a story and a narrative into his menus. And so he's going to do the same for us. And one of the uh, parts of that is of his story, and I I don't want to divulge it. Uh, and not do it justice, so I'll let him back and run the future. But 
part of it is killing a steer and burying it in ground like the Vikings did over the course of cooking it over the course of days, as opposed to just throwing it on a grill. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get traditional and we're going to do it with our bare hands. So we're going to do it right. And yeah. we'll I've have had, vegetarian options too. Don't worry. <laughs> you know? I, I've had, uh, I've had, um, um, what do you even call it in English? Um, well, a goat from a hole in the ground before mm. it's, 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 you know, it's great. It's delicious. Like you, you know, you, you just, you know, put a bunch of coal, uh, there are different ways that you can do it, but, uh, the way that we did it, um, back then was to put a bunch of coal inside of it and then, you know, hot rocks around it. Um, and then, you know, um, shifting out the, the, the rocks once in a while and that kind of stuff is delicious. I bet yeah. it is. Just to clarify as well, I, I don't think, you know, it's not feasible for everybody to go out and hunt their own food because that's asking so much, you know, people live such busy lives. But I think you also have a responsibility to understand where your food comes from rather than it being in a piece of cellophane in the in the supermarket. Um, you have to understand how it gets there. And in a lot of cases, in a lot of the supermarket food, it has a horrible consequences for that meat to get there because it comes totally. from some pretty dark places in the in the factory food chain but people don't see that and a lot of people don't want to see that because it is upsetting and it's not nice but you have a responsibility to at least look at that and understand it and then maybe if you you know it's this whole attitude i think that some people have that they have to eat meat with every meal and mm. and that's it when you don't have to maybe Look at look at where the meat comes from, and if you don't like the factory farm method and the the kind of closer to home reared stuff is 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 more expensive, then just maybe eat meat for less meals, but pay more for the good quality meat, um, and and where you know the animals are treated at least with the respect until the end of end of life. Um, I mean, we could we could do multiple podcasts just on this subject just alone. On this. Like, mm-hmm. it's deep, it's deep, yeah. you know, but. I mean, really, it comes down to all of what we've been talking about with that disconnection with ourselves and the world around us. It's all, this is all part of it, you know? I mean, getting back to the meat thing, I don't think there's any greater disconnect than, you know, what's when people are eating, you know, McDonald's hamburgers or something and, Mm -hmm. and they have no idea where that comes from. And this, you know, there is no greater disconnect than, than that because they're actually literally putting that shit in their body, right? (laughs) um i guess you could say there's a disconnect with news the news media we're getting and this and that well you know with you know what matthias was talking about all the different sources of media that he watches i guess we're we're literally ingesting that as well (laughs) um but uh you know with this with the meat thing and it's not only meat though you know the the vegetarian that eats soy you know gmo soy from brazil you know that's a huge disconnect. Um, you I mean, know, there's the, actually more death the, in in arable agriculture tilling up the land. That that's that's the beautiful point right there. And I think the, the thing we come totally. back so much so often on the on the podcast is that it's all complicated. And and, and none of us are gonna sit here and say everybody go and hunt. And I was gonna sit here and say everybody go and be vegetarian or vegan or, or because everybody's different and you're gonna do your own thing. It's just being conscious about your actions and at least taking the time to understand where it comes from and then hopefully being able to make better ones because it just feels like so many people have lost that like that accountability for their actions because especially with like going back to the social media thing people can say 
fuck you to someone and they can say the most horrible things to somebody on a screen and there are no there's no comeuppance for that someone's not going to be able to hit you or grab you or do anything about it so this whole kind of consequences is just lost on a lot of people when mm-hmm. you know if you if you smoke 40 60 cigarettes a day and then you get lung cancer from it you can't then wonder why you got lung cancer it's the same with like if you eat mcdonald's every day and then you get type 2 diabetes you can't wonder why but then there are some people that kind of go oh i wonder why that happened they like, well, why the fuck do you think <laughs> right right or that guy that you know got really sick from covid and realized that he you know eats mcdonald's every day and <laughs> he could have he could have probably not gotten as sick from covid if he would have just had a little bit of a healthier lifestyle to begin with you know <laughs> but that's the thing i mean that the, the, the what comes with that whole package um, when people have chosen some kind of lifestyle or really set on an idea about what is the best way to live or something like that, they attach moral values to it. And then they say that the people who uh, do the opposite or whatever they cast as the opposite are, you know, amoral, right? So the, 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 the best example is, of course, when somebody goes vegan and then, you know, tells everybody else who's not vegan that they are somehow morally corrupt because they do not have the same lifestyle and in the same way right you you have um people who uh, demonize people who eat uh, mcdonald's hamburgers and um, sure man. That's, that's a really good point i love that and i mean it is it is definitely not a good idea to eat a mcdonald's hamburger if you ask me but i'm not going to tell uh, people that they are bad human beings for doing so. I I totally. eat a McDonald's hamburger every now and then. I'm not going <laughs> to say I don't. You're not a bad person. <laughs> 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 but my, my point my point is this this tendency to attach uh, you know moral values and these these uh, uh, you know these uh, these ideas of morality to it. Right. That's 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 where people then get the arrogance from to demonize yes. us. Right. And that's oh, really shit. that's really problematic. Right. Like we need we need to be just a little more, a bit more like empathetic out there in the world. Yeah. And that's, you know, great circle point. back to American culture. That used to be a huge part of our identity. You know, this this idea. I mean, freedom is still, you know, as I guess that's our culture. Right. Like if you had to throw one word out there, it's like, oh, American sure. freedom, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. but like that's the way. But it was it was such a response thing back in the day you didn't talk politics you know you didn't talk about your personal day-to-day choices unless maybe someone asked you for their opinion for your opinion because they they wanted it but you just didn't cross that line there was a level of such mutual respect there that is disintegrated mm-hmm. and and it doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all either it's no. the it used to be that you could your, your friend could could vote republican and you could vote whoever else and then you go yeah but we're still going to go to the pub and have a beer we don't it doesn't have to be my team your team and if you don't agree with everything i agree with then when we can't sit in the same room anymore and it's just ridiculous that that's how it's become Mm -hmm. this this episode's taking a turn (laughs) (laughs) well i was about to reel it in and just remind everybody as a public service health announcement get your asses to wyoming this summer breathe some fresh air hang out with us in the wilderness of Wyoming with the most killer backdrop you'll ever see at a festival, the Grand Tetons right behind the stage. You can listen to Matias give a talk on 
biking culture and uh, whether they had tattoos or not. I don't know if you're still planning on doing that. We need to talk I about am, it, yeah. I guess, yeah. but yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eat some delicious food that I ate that Jonas cooks and um, listen to awesome, awesome music and go play in the mountains. Yeah. Just I, don't, with I don't think COVID can follow you. There. And connect with people. Exactly. And connect with yeah. people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the land, both, all the above. It's just, yeah, that's uh, what we uh, need most right put now. Your phone, put your phones down. Mm-hmm. yeah you don't even have cell service there it's perfect um fire fire in the mountains is open to kids so 12 and under is free i just saw that come up on the feed and i think that uh i saw something about someone didn't drive we do have uh shuttle service from the airport to oh, and wonderful. from the airport so yeah we got you all covered don't worry um th- that's if if you go onto the ticketing portal page there's a way like with your tickets um you can, you know, you know, when you purchase your tickets, you can also, there's options if you want to, you know, a shuttle from the airport, you can buy that with the tickets. You can do your camping pass and, and all that. It's pretty self-explanatory. And um, offset your carbon footprint. You can offset your carbon footprint um, as well, which is, which is great. Um, we, if anyone has any, any kind of more specific questions that you need some help with, you can always uh, email info at fitmfest.com yep um and if you have a question and, about grandpa ralph's glug to a recipe i can send it to you through there too yeah <laughs> you stop giving that away for free <laughs> yeah true okay we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk after the show um, but uh um, yeah we're we we encourage any and all questions um we you know we we want to we really pride ourselves on really trying to be as uh, responsive as possible to people who have questions about it. Cause we do know that, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the hurdles that we do have with having a festival is that, you know, this is a, this is a uh, music festival really kind of out there in the middle of nowhere and it can be hard for people to get to, or maybe they have, uh, they're a little uncomfortable about, going there you know we're talking about bears and like they're scared you know like who the hell knows right mm-hmm. like it, it, it's a totally unique for a lot of people a totally unique and, and different experience so there's ultimately going to be uh questions and concerns and so uh hit us up with any any of those uh questions and concerns to so that we can guide you and whether or not mm-hmm. you know coming to fire in the mountains is is something that you really want to do and however we can get you there uh, you know, we'll, we'll try and, you know, give you as much, you know, empower you with as much information as possible to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it is coming and mm-hmm. and seeing, uh, seeing the festival. So. Yeah. Um, so if you are financially really strapped right now, um, we just did a uh, scholarship program for, for some uh, 25 recipients who have been hit hard because of COVID or just challenging times in general the last two years. And, um, it was awesome. We were overwhelmed with a response. I mean, that, that isn't awesome in a way because a lot of people are hurting. So the point Mm -hmm. I'm getting at is if you do really want to come and you are financially just in dire straits, don't hesitate to reach out to us too and explain your circumstances. And, you know, we're looking to expand upon that scholarship and, and allow others to, uh, to come into. So, you know, contact us and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch about that. Can expect an email from me later. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you going to come um, and sell your stuff, man? No, oh, I, 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 we should talk about it for sure. Yeah, yeah I would. No, I would love to. Um, uh, no, Jeremy, just go back. I think 
you you said something really interesting there that the people worry about coming um because maybe it's not they're not from that that you know that world i guess um but it, it's it's important to go and experience new things and, and get out there because if you only live in a major city and and kind of do all your work online and on computers you, you'll never really understand the other side just as if you only live in the in the country you'll never understand the other side so yeah. it's important to try and experience these things where possible and you have this beautiful opportunity in a controlled kind of environment of the festival to experience all these different things and this whole different world and you may like you say hopefully leave there with a different perspective and different understanding of how people think and why people think different things based on on where they live I mean, I get it for some, someone who maybe hasn't ever camped, you know, in their life and, you know, you got to kind of camp at this festival, right? That's, that's hard to do, but you definitely hit it nail on the head where at least you get to do it in this controlled environment with other people, um, you know, you know, other people that you can, you can rely on each other and, and get through the weekend. I promise you, you get through the weekend, you'll have a blast, <laughs> but, um, you know, but that's, the way I look, I mean, that's more and more reason to come because um, if you've never camped before, then this is like the festival you should come to. It's not for the camping people. It's for the people that have never camped, <laughs> yep. you know, like this is, this is it, you know, like come camping's the best. It's the best thing. It's so awesome. Waking up. I'd, on say, the ground, I'd say that uh, you guys do a really good job organizing the camping and making sure that things are like, for instance, bear safe and everything is like lined out and, nobody has any any issues setting up a tent and and all that stuff it, it's really well done and streamlined so yeah um, we do we also do have a way you can also rent camping gear directly from the ticketing portal page as well um because oh, we realize that not everyone has camping gear so um yeah. we've partnered with a local company uh that you know has you know rents out camping gear and so um it's pretty when affordable. You yeah. When you come and check in at the festival itself, it's there waiting for you. So oh, yeah, we got sorry. you all covered. Yeah. You got yeah. you you guys are covered. You have covered everything. Uh, yeah. there's no excuse not to go. Um no, let's 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 wrap this one up. It's been it may not be the most Viking episode or the most modding <laughs> mythology episode. Um, but it, it but it but it does all all link back. Um and it's an important message that we talked about kind of we it comes up week in week out when you talk about topics with the Vikings with Norithology it's just that getting back to nature you know it is a time when people lived off the land and it was I'm not going to say it was a simpler time because I would rather live now than than then but it's certainly yeah. just having that connection to to the earth um which I think we have lost and like I say we talk about it time again with the animism episode animism episodes and so on so what you guys are doing it it really is a a nice thing um and so many more people need to try and get that connection back and hopefully we'll come and join your uh join your festival yeah well thanks it was, it was awesome to be a part of this and we hope that um we you know we hope that fire in the mountains is just kind of one small step forward for you know a greater kind of industry of music just bringing people to area great areas to see music and that that was one of the you know in the beginning we mentioned our vision and one of our visions is is just really bringing music into areas of the world that landscapes where people get to have this deeper experience and connection to nature and the music connects with that. So hopefully that keeps happening and it's not just us that does it. <laughs> no. And then with that comes an element of, uh, you know, a cultural heritage and traditions that you'll be exposed to too, which, you know, 
yeah, we're, are, they're super important. So, um, yeah, thanks awesome. guys. This is, this was yeah, cool. This was great. I, yeah. Always a pleasure to let, talk to you guys. <laughs> um, let people know where they can, where they can get tickets, where they can follow the festival, where they can find stuff. FITMfest.com is our website. Is the, that's the website. The Instagram is at fire in the mountains. Um, it's pretty, once you get to the website, you can definitely, um, it's pretty easy to check out. There's, it's pretty, we did, we tried to do the best of a job as we could, as far as uh, disseminating as much information about the festival and kind of logistics that involve coming to Jackson and, and, and what you can, what you can do while you're there, where you can stay, like all, you know, almost like a travel agency in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and again, like I said, you can always email us and we try to be as responsive as possible. If there's something that when you, kind of skim through the website you don't get uh something isn't answered uh we'll, we'll be we'll we'll get right back to you um and then um the ticketing portal page explains a lot about kind of what everything is what you get with everything in different ticketing packages and stuff so yeah all um, the bands yeah all the bands have been announced but we'll be starting to release all the speakers and the workshops yep. in the coming uh days really and it's yeah. going to go on for a while because there's a number of them um, yeah and the awesome. and the artists too so uh yeah. yeah and and there'll be a list of all the vendors who are going to be there um i mean we got yeah check out the website pay attention to instagram uh ask matthias because he knows what's going on as well as anybody um, yeah so and come, come come be a part of the community because that's the other thing that it's about it's community so mm-hmm. yeah oh wonderful time. yeah perfect um matthias where can people find you you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, you should also follow the Nordic Mythology Podcast on Instagram, of course. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, if you're one of them people on Facebook, check in on the Nordic Mythology Group uh, or podcast group on, on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget to sign up on our Patreon so that you get direct access to Q&As with me um because i've stopped answering dms on instagram where people ask you questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you if you enjoy this show leave a five-star rating a positive review wherever you listen itunes itunes is always a good one it helps us bump up the the range but yeah most importantly patreon um so you, no matter what level you, you sign up you're going to get a bonus episode every week um one of the episodes we're going to do, like Matea said, it's going to be a Q&A every other week. It's, we're going to talk about kind of our lives a little bit more on there. It's going to be less Viking-based maybe, but also Matea is going to answer some questions from patrons on, on stuff maybe we've missed in episodes or not clarified, or you just have a personal question about the Viking Age and Nordic mythology. He's going to be able to answer that there. Um, you can put your questions to before the show and then listen to them back after. And then the other show is going to be a story time with Jonas the man of all all talents uh, comes on and does the narration for our, our story time episodes where we we look through a saga um, and he, he narrates and, and gives us some nice voices and it's a it's a really really good fun so yeah you're gonna like say if you enjoy the show you get 50 percent more if you uh, support the patreon so yeah go do that yeah um, no, I, 65 to 70 percent more or is it like a or is it 100 percent more that's what I was wondering. <laughs> oh, oh, is you're wondering about the math of it all? I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't know. I'm I'm a literature major. Because <laughs> I was like, if you get an extra episode every week, is that 
a hundred percent more or is it fifty percent more? A hundred. It's a hundred percent more. Yeah. It's even well, better. Deal. It's a better deal than I fucking said. It's a you get a hundred percent more. Yeah. Grab the fifty percent. It's a hundred percent better. But isn't the hundred percent? Isn't that isn't that the total total of of all the stuff that we do? No, so you get if there's a hundred percent of the the main episodes, and then you get a hundred percent more of that. <laughs> you get double the episodes. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I made mean, the Nordic mythology of no man. <laughs> double the episodes, twice the episodes, twice as fun. Um, yeah, no, some of those extra episodes are fun, and you get to you can listen to them back on Patreon. They're on there permanently, so you can jump back in. If you can't watch it live, you can listen to them at your own leisure or leisure if you're American. And, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Thank you, thank you very much. Like you say, it was it wasn't on topic the whole way, but here's to Grandpa that. Grandpa Ralph. Is that all? <laughs> to oh, Grandpa yes. Ralph. Oh yeah. Here's to Grandpa Ralph.